Welcome to Breitbart News Daily. What a show. I could not wait when this all went down last night. I was like, oh, I can't wait to get on the radio and talk to everyone. And we had great phone calls, wonderful guests today. We talked to Alex. We talked to John Nolte. We talked to Ken Klukowski. The guest we're going to play for you here, though, is Dr. Ronnie Jackson, who is a congressman now. But he was the White House physician for W, Obama, and Trump. So the man has some credentials, some bona fides on this topic when it comes to a president's health. So good to talk to him. So we're going to play the interview for you in a second, but let's just get the whole background with our opening segment this morning. last night or are you just now waking up hearing about what happened everything is different now it is undeniable the media may try and it would it will be hilarious but there's no way the democrats can move forward now as if there's nothing to see here there's no way now the good news for the democrats who do want to pretend that there's nothing to see here. They do have the Super Bowl on Sunday to erase everyone's memory. <laughs> like, like, Joe, like Joe doesn't even remember the press conference. Joe's fine. I was thinking last night, like, like what's Gavin Newsom thinking tonight? How's Michelle Obama doing? How's, uh, how's Biden doing you know, after, after that train wreck of a press conference? And I was like, oh, he's fine. He doesn't remember. Remember it happened. So... We have to, as we're having this conversation, I know we're going to jump between different things. It's, it's too difficult to separate entirely. But there are the political issues at play here. But also, we have a nation to be concerned about. Because this man is currently commander-in-chief. This isn't just a conversation about who's going to be president for the next four years. The reality is this man is also currently the president right now. Let's not forget that. So you with me on the two different conversations? And I think it's important to know because people could, you could have two people talking and having different conversations at the same time. And we want to make sure we can, we can jump between the two uh, and understand what people are, are talking about, right? So we have the political conversation. We have an election in nine months. And we have the, holy cow, <laughs> what is best for America right now? Coming up at seven o'clock, Alex Marlowe is going to be here break down a, a bunch of things because there are a lot of things that are happening right now by the way we well let me tell you the schedule so we got alex marlowe coming up at seven then we have congressman dr ronnie jackson who was the former white house doctor for obama and trump now a congressman and he has some thoughts on joe's cognitive abilities john that's at seven thirty. And then John Nolte will be here at 8, and Ken Klukowski coming up at 8.30. And we will talk to Ken about the Supreme Court oral arguments yesterday, which were awesome. Uh, and I was excited to talk about that like all day today. <laughs> but, but we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll talk about some 25th Amendment, uh, talk about special counsel, like what does that even mean? Like we'll, we'll make sure we can define all these terms properly so that you know more than anyone that's the goal here it's one of our number one goals is that you know more than anyone in your family in your office in your friend group and 
hopefully people can come to you and ask questions. That'd be a great position to have. Or uh, someone says something and it's like way off base. And you can be like, oh, no, no, here's, here's what's really going on. So here's the backstory just so we can all not to pull a Putin. Well, back in 300 BC, <laughs> that, that joke's funny if you watch the Tucker Carlson Putin interview, um, which I watched, I skipped around. So I watched maybe 75% of it. So I think it was Eisenhower had a matrix of important, not important, urgent, not urgent. So when something came across his desk, he, he put it in one of those four categories. I am putting the Tucker Carlson interview with Putin, which came out at the exact moment as the press conference last night. Uh, I'm putting that under the important, not urgent category. Important, not urgent. So we'll give it some time today, much more time on Monday. What happened yesterday with uh, Joe, that is urgent. I think it's more urgent and important. So we'll spend more time on that today, more time on Tucker on Monday. So don't worry about, oh, you're getting distracted. We'll get it all in, I promise you. All right, so back November, uh, August, August, August 2022, the FBI busted down the doors of Mar-a-Lago looking for classified documents. Remember the old classified documents? Thing, right? uh, turned out Joe Biden also had classified documents. He had classified documents at the University of Pennsylvania think tank, the Joe Biden Center, which I think still... You should give a little chuckle at <laughs> Joe Biden think thing. Uh, he had him in his office. He had him in his garage, his garage in Delaware. His garage. So he had classified documents. Then it turns out Mike Pence had classified documents. Then came to be your mom had classified documents. Everyone had classified documents. It's just like there was a week where every, everyone had classified documents everywhere. So they had to have a special counsel to investigate Joe Biden's classified documents. And Robert Hur was the man. H-U-R. Robert Hur. And they did their investigation. And uh, they came out with their report yesterday. And that's what the press conference was about. Or it started out to be a... I don't know if they intended to be a press conference, but it turned out to be a press conference. Um, they wanted to get in front of this report and define the narrative of the report. And, oh, baby, it it wasn't even close. They, they did not help their case. So the report said it was 387 pages. They found that, yes, there was mishandling of classified documents. One, one of the documents, or one of the boxes, let me read this here. Uh, among the places Mr. Biden's lawyers found classified documents in the garage was a damaged open box containing numerous hand, uh, ha hanging folders, file folders, and binders. The box, which was labeled cabinet and desk file, was in a mangled state with ripped corners and two top flaps torn off. So the FBI had to put it in a different box because the one box of classified documents are so mangled that you couldn't even pick it up. Okay, fine. We can address that another day. That's whatever. The main thing from the report was they said, yeah, he, he was neglectful with these files and whatever, but we don't think criminal charges are warranted on this matter. Hmm. Why no criminal charges? Interesting. 
because the special counsel couldn't help but notice Joe Biden's, quote, significantly limited memory. Here's the quote. We have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview with him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. There's your bumper sticker. Biden 2024, sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Does it exactly emit strength? It would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him. By then, a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. He did not remember. That's the point. So if you want to get someone on these uh, document charges, you have to prove that they willfully removed them and kept them. And, and you couldn't pin that on Joe because he's so senile. He, he's this old senile man that every jur- no jury would convict of because he's, he lost his mind. So you can't prove that he willfully took the documents because you can't prove he willfully can do anything. Yet... He's still our president of the United States today. Again, don't worry about 2024 because that cover, that's ridiculous. Like No one thinks he can make it for another five years. I'm worried about the next nine months and what that means. But then also you go to the political, you bounce right back to the political consideration of uh, Trump definitely wants Joe Biden to be his <laughs> the person he's running against. So you have to balance that too. He did not remember even within several years, when his son, Bo, died. In his interview with our office, he did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, if it was in 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began, oh, that was in 2009, am I still vice president? Meaning, like, was, it, was, I, still, was I vice president in 2009? Like, yeah, Joe. Now, remember, in just the last few days, he said that he, he recently met with the, the president of France. And it turns out that guy died in 1996. Died in 1996. And then the other, just like a day after that, because the, the excuse from the White House was, oh, you know, we all miss up our, mess up our words sometimes. The, like a day later, he said he met with the chancellor of Germany who was out of office in 1998 and died in 2017. So he's making these, these aren't gaffes. So to be clear, this is Ted Cruz, the U S department of justice formally laying out evidence that the sitting president of the United States is not competent to stand trial. He's not competent to stand trial yet. He's competent enough to continue to be the president of the United States. All right, so that's the background. That's that's what the press conference was about yesterday. It was about the special counsel report that was just released. Now, what now? There's all these calls for the 25th Amendment 
we'll talk about what the Twenty Fifth Amendment is later. But like it's, that, that's the that's the people around him pushing him out, which I think we saw a little bit of yesterday. Because why would you let him if you knew the the state that he's in? Why would you push him out in front of the microphone last night at all? Especially when you know he's angry. You don't put you don't let someone angry like that to the microphone. It's not going to go well. Here's one uh, here's one lash out moment. Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your is judgment. That is not the judgment concerns. of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What, what is your answer to that question? I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. The best, the best approach to this, first of all, the media definitely is allowed now to unleash. And, and we'll see if, if they continue down this track or if they're stopped. Uh, the, the best response, and Joe, but Joe's done this for a, lot, a while, is to laugh it off. They're like, oh, come on. No, come on. I'm as sharp as ever. And just move on. Not to lash out. Because when you lash out like that, that looks like someone with dementia. People with dementia, and if you've ever had this happen in your life, if your parents or whoever have ever had early Alzheimer's or dementia in any way, you know how quickly combative they get and argumentative and very very angry very quickly. And we'll talk to the former White House doctor about this coming up, but I think that's what we saw last night. So you have this real tension, like, are they trying to push him out? Why would you why would you put him in front of the microphone? By the way, remember yesterday we played we we played a little comedy bit between Theo Vaughn and Tim Dillon about this very thing. Like, geez, what are they gonna have to inject him with to get him up to the debate stage? We played that just yesterday. So are they pushing him out? Will he resign? Uh Gavin Newsom licking his chops right now. I look forward to talking to Alex Marlowe about this, but if you've read Alex Marlowe's book, this is the pinnacle of his life being president of the United States. All he's ever wanted in his life is to be president. And Joe Biden is not going to walk away voluntarily. He will not go down without a fight. His ego and pride are too astronomical. There's no way he will stop unless Unless it is so obvious, way more obvious than even you and I see how obvious it had to be way more obvious than it even is right now. Now, let me give you one, one point here. Not one last point. We got a ton of points. I would look forward to taking your calls to 866-95-PATRIOT, 866-95-PATRIOT. How will the media operate moving forward? They can expose all this and make him resign like very quickly. If, if they wanted to go hard and get rid of him, they could. Or they can protect him forever. Uh, keep in mind, I always go back to this example. Barack Obama smoked half a pack of cigarettes a day in the White House. Half a pack a day. And you have never seen a picture of him in the White House with a cigarette. Think about that. He smoked half a pack a day. You've never seen it. The media entirely decides what you see, and in this case, what you don't see. 
So if they wanted to continue to hide his mental decline from you, they will. They can. If they want to show it to you, they can do that too. They're in control of, or they have the power to make the narrative. I guess it's up to them to decide what narrative they uh, they want to make. Make sense? All right. Uh, this is... Okay, so there's one more thing from the report I wanted to read. Because there's another line that's not getting as much attention that I think is even worse. Where are you lying? Here we go. Mr. Biden knew he was sharing classified information with this guy and intended to do so. For these jurors, Mr. Biden's apparent lapses, <clears throat> lapses and failures in February and April 2017. 2017, it goes back to the point that this is nothing new. Joe's been bad. In 2020, he was bad. It's way worse, obviously. But his, his lapses and failures in 2017 will likely appear consistent with the diminished faculties and faulty memory he showed in this other guy's interview recordings and in our interview of him. That line's not getting as much attention. Diminished faculties and faulty memory. Diminished faculties. I don't, I'm not okay with that. With diminished faculties and faulty memory. No one should be okay with that. So he goes up, does the press conference. And uh, again, the press conference is, hey, everyone, I'm great. I'm fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's amazing. I'm totally with it. And my mental acuity is, has never been better. And he gets up and he does this. The conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially, the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. President of Mexico, Sisi, did not. Uh, he meant to say Egypt. Now, if I remember correctly, this was uh, at the end of the press conference. So Joe Biden walked away from the stage, the podium, and then walked back. Was asked questions about Hamas and Israel, and then walked back and did that. I, I'm I'm sure his staff, if if they weren't setting him up. Yesterday we talked a lot about things being intentional. If they weren't intentionally setting him up, then they were they were saying, "Get him off the, get out. We got to get out, Joe. Wrap it up, Joe." And he leaves, and they're like, "Oh, thank goodness." And then he goes back, and they're like, "No, don't go back." And then he goes back, and he says, "The president of Mexico needs to open up the border with with Gaza." And you like all of his staffers, oh head in their head like, oh you gotta be kidding me oh and what do they see on a daily basis as well 
866-95-PATRIOT. 866-95-PATRIOT. What are we to do now as a country? What are we to do? I will I will state again. And we, you can go either way. There's no wrong direction to go. But we have the political questions in an election year. And we have the uh, he's president right now questions. The other big story of the day is Tucker's two-hour interview with Putin. Two hours. So you're watching this interview with, with Putin. And you're like, oh. Putin is totally with it and sharp and on the ball. Putin's 71. There's this talk about a debate between Tucker, or excuse me, between uh, Trump and Biden. Like, oh man, are we going to have a debate between Trump? Who would win the debate between Trump and Biden? It's like, mm, like I would love a debate between Trump and Biden. It'd be great. It'd be hilarious and awesome and like the only bad thing is like people may feel bad for Joe, but like I, I like so like I'd be great, and like the ratings would be through the roof. I care way less about that debate than any potential debate that would happen between two nuclear powers, Joe Biden and Putin. That's the debate I care much more about. Who would win that battle of the minds at the negotiating table? The man with diminished faculties and a faulty memory? Or Putin who just sat down for a two-hour interview where he basically gave a college lecture on the history of that region of the world. Biden can't even sit through a Super Bowl interview. For the second year in a row, they decided not to do the the Super Bowl. It's like a thing is the, the president does a little sit-down chat with the for the, with the during the Super Bowl or halftime or whatever, right? he's like, "Nah, I don't want to do it." Largest live audience in America, not going to talk to the nation. And CNN said it's a part of the White House's larger media strategy. Like, yeah, to not show him to people it was, is the strategy. So he, so Joe can't even sit for the the puff interview that is the Super Bowl interview. And Putin is as uh, sharp sharp as can be. That's a problem. Now, that's a problem. 866-95-PAGE. We've got a Tim who's in North Carolina. How are you, Tim? I'm good. How are you doing today, sir? Really good. What do you make of uh, of what happened last night? <laughs> oh, what you're talking about, the interview, or are you talking about uh, President Biden? President uh, Biden's last night. Yeah, what, what a great point. Like, the, like, la- like, what do you mean last night? If you go to the CNN, uh, let me see the CNN headlines. I almost never go to CNN, but I did yesterday. Yeah, they don't have it there anymore. CNN had, uh, they literally split the page, their front page, into three sections. And because there were like three massive stories to be talking about with the Supreme Court, with Biden last night, and they did the Nevada caucuses, which don't matter at all. But the third story would be Putin's interview, Putin and Tucker. But three huge stories to talk about. So I should have been more specific. What do you make of Joe Biden's uh, mental acuity? Well, you know, we've all known that his acuity has declined massively, uh, especially over the last three years or so. Um, you know, the Democrat side has known it the whole time, too, but they have to deny it, right, because they place this man, you know, onto their pedestal. Um, I think, you know, I don't know. I feel like they've finally got an out. They can put somebody else in there now. Yeah. So they're, they're – I wonder who the they is. 
right? Who's the they? Democratic Party, the people in his, like his staffers, the, the deep state. Like who's the they that is like, this can't go on. We need to push him out. Because I, th- I think you're 100% right that the system is pushing him out. Because how could they? How could they have allowed that last night? I think they. I think they're. It gives them the ability now. I mean, they put him out there without without trying to protect him. I think they're done protecting yeah. him. Yeah. And they're ready to just go ahead and say, okay, we've finally figured out a way to get rid of this guy mm. and place somebody else, you know, in his stead. And who's the who's the somebody else in your mind? The problem. Oh, that's going to be Gavin Newsom, probably, because, you know, as the charismatic guy. Yeah. yeah. And I think they can put him in the office. Tim, I appreciate the call. That's their best bet. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, he's their best bet. He's, he's like, he's a bet. Gavin Newsom, and we can save this, I suppose, but Gavin Newsom is a better version, a better, younger version of Joe. Like, he's what Joe Biden was back in the day when Joe Biden, Biden was, like, at his best. But Newsom's, like, better than that. Like, Better in the terms of like like more you know in terms of, I don't I'm not like I like Newsom more but like sharper smarter quicker faster better at all the all of the things that Joe was, like was good at right so that's clearly it. Uh, here's the problem they have a Kamala Harris problem <laughs> they have a huge <laughs> Kamala Harris problem. What do you do with the black woman who's the vice president who's not really black but whatever? What do you do with her? So there's two schools of thought there. Either this is a huge problem, and there's no way we cannot let Kamala be the president moving forward. Maybe even, by the way, for the next nine months or some time, some period of that time. Uh, or it's, oh, no, whatever. Just kick her to the curb. Pretend she never even existed. And let's maybe replace her with another black woman, Michelle Obama. We talked to a guy who did a documentary on Michelle Obama, and he said that when she, or excuse me, when uh there was a, some professor from I think Harvard or something where they both this professor knew Michelle and Barack, and when Barack Obama ran for president, this professor said, "Oh, I I, I would have guessed Michelle would have been the one to run for president because of her political ambitions that she's always had." So the only way to get around the black woman Kamala problem is to put up another black woman, which is interesting as well. So you have that problem, and then you have the timing problem because you can't. The, the, the deep state or whoever's pushing him out couldn't have done it before the primaries because then uh, RFK Jr. would have won the primaries, right? So they had to do it after, or they have to do it after a, a good number of the primaries so that they can say, ah, oh, well, we can't let people vote. The voting's over, you know? The voting's over, so uh, we just have to pick someone. We have let the super delegates pick someone, and then they can handpick whoever they want. But the question is, if the argument from the Democrats is going to be, we have to get rid of Joe for 2024, we can't have four more years of this, how can they thread that needle where we can't have four more years of him, but he's good enough for the next nine months? Right? We got to get rid of Joe, but uh, he can hang in there for the next nine months? Frank is in Michigan. What's going on, Frank? Hey, good morning, Mike. Great show as always. Thank you. Hey, Mike, uh, you know what? I think the problem is is it's another case where the Republicans are not on the offensive. Mm-hmm. They should move to remove Biden through the 25th Amendment, which I think there's plenty of video evidence now and, of course, the report on the 
classified documents to uh, to do so. And then when they do put Kamala in place, and then she would have to be the presumptive nominee yes. as the incumbent. Yes, and I that's like exactly that where I think we want things for November. I like that. <laughs> I like that play a lot. I like that a lot. Frank, thank you very much. I, and I love the framing of that. Is they go on the offensive for once. Uh, so it seems like they are. Pull up Breitbart here. Uh, Breitbart's article. Again, we're going to talk to uh, the congressman who used to be Obama and Trump's pr- uh, doctor. Coming up at 7.30 here. So I look forward to that. So here's a bunch of congressmen. Uh, Mary Miller, for the safety of our nation, Joe Biden must resign. He could not remember basic facts about his life. He's not competent to remain as commander-in-chief. And every day that he remains, he puts America at risk. If he won't resign, the cabinet must invoke the 25th Amendment. Senator Mike Lee, if there were ever a time to invoke the 25th Amendment, wouldn't the time be now? Again, this is all based off that report. Um, uh, MTG. Uh, the special counsel's report exposing that Joe Biden's mental state is so severe that he cannot stand trial means he's unfit for office. He must We must demand either the 25th Amendment be invoked or impeachment. Uh, Speaker Johnson, Josh Hawley, time for the 25th Amendment. Uh, Mike Collins, never been a stronger case for the 25th Amendment than right now. So we get more congressmen. Uh, Massey, all like whatever, bunch of congressmen. So that is a play. We'll see if that becomes a mainstream uh, play or if this, is, if this is whipped up as a, oh, this is just an extremist Republican thing. This is just the Marjorie Taylor Greens who are saying it. Or if it's uh, a more mainstream that he has to go. The 25th Amendment. I have not, uh, let's see, do, 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 do. where is the section of the 25th Amendment? Uh, I'll find it here in a minute. It's like, what do you, what do you mean invoke the 25th Amendment? Like, what, what does that even mean exactly? So we're, we're going to talk to Ken Klukowski uh, coming up at 8.30. And, of course, we'll talk to the, the congressman who used to be the White House doctor. Uh, these guys have, have been students of the 25th Amendment. Give us more background to it. But uh, is that the political play? 866 Nine five Patriot eight six six nine five Patriot. Is, would that be best if you're Trump right now, who had a great day yesterday? <laughs> we didn't, we're not. Gonna, we'll talk a little bit later about the Supreme Court oral arguments in a decision about you know, whether or not he should be on the ballot. It'll be it'll be nine nothing, maybe eight to one in Trump's favor. It was it was embarrassing yesterday for the Colorado lawyer. We got some clips we could play a little later with Ken Kukowski. The lawyer was embarrassed. I felt bad for him. So this would be a 9 nothing decision in Trump's favor. So Trump heard the oral arguments yesterday and was feeling great. And then his, number, his opponent gets up to the podium and screws up Mexico and Egypt in a press conference about how he's totally with it. With a special counsel report about how he's so senile, we can't even charge him with any crimes. He's not competent enough to stand trial. Are you kidding me? How could Trump have asked for a better news day than that? Eight six six nine five Patriot. Go to Jeff. He's in North Carolina. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Uh, hey, hey, good. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing real good. What do you think of uh, what happened last night with Joe? Uh, 
I just think that was the plan four years ago. Uh, destroy the country uh, as Joe Biden's done. Now turn and say, hey, we hear you. We agree. Uh, he's a horrible candidate. Can't get real like this. Let's go with 60-year-old Gavin Newsom, take the age off the table. And, hey, we got 60-year-old Newsom versus old, decrepit 80-year-old Trump. Yeah. All yeah, by design, and we got 10 million, 15 million new voters. It would, it, and it, the economy's packed. Okay, so let me ask this, and I, I see if we're all on the same page. Uh, Trump v. Biden, who wins that race? Oh, Trump. Trump v. Newsom, who wins that I race? Think it's a, I think it becomes a toss-up. There we go. It's got to be. like That has to be everyone's assessment. Absolutely. Sure. Because, now, because now it's like, oh, well, uh, we, we could say all these bad things about Newsom, but they can play this whole, oh, no, 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 he'll oh. be hope and change and, you know, whatever. All the Need for change. Oh, it's gonna, yeah, hope and change again. Hope and change. Yeah. All right, listen, now, Jeff, I appreciate the call. Right, so are you with me? Like, like new, one of the best things about this election is it's the third time in American history where you have two incumbents running against each other. So there's no doubt about who each candidate is. You throw Newsom in there, and now it's like, oh, well, you know, he, he'll, he'll be amazing. He'll be rainbows and utopia. It'll be, oh, he's, he's so handsome and blah, 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 right? He, he's Camelot, right? He's the new JFK, right? It'll be framed as that. But now here's the other consideration. You have these Republicans pushing for 25th Amendment. Bob in Texas thinks that's a bad idea. Bob, how you doing? Hey, Mike, how you doing, brother? Real hey, good. Uh, I like your gaming here. What are you thinking? Really, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a bad idea to uh, try to invoke the 25th. I think we should make the Democrats uh, run by it because of what a disaster he is. Because then you get news that maybe Michelle Obama in there. And then, uh, you know, you'll get all the hope and change and all the, uh, you know, oh, we got someone new now. The world will be different in Utopia, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Fresh blood. I mean, fresh blood. I love I it. It's more excitement. Oh, look how exciting it is. Because right now there's no excitement for Joe Biden. Zero. Um, exactly. So you think the Republicans should not push the 25th Amendment? Okay, but what I, if I you, think- what if we push, what if Republicans push it and that makes Kamala the president? Well, that would that would be perfect because she couldn't string a sentence, two sentences together either. If if, uh, if she's not senile, she's just dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no. So so how do you how do you think they'll have a problem getting past Kamala? That's the thing. Like, let's say Kamala's president. Well, will they will will she have to be the nominee, or will they just be like Kamala? Who you're out of here? Well, it'd be a sticky problem for him. You know, she's the first woman of color vice president. You know, and then it, it, you go. You get all the woke, you know, tards on there, and then it'll be, a, it'll be something for him to surmount unless she bowed out, unless they paid her off. Yeah, yeah, Bob, I appreciate that. Way to way to think through that. Oh, what a time! What a time! And by the way, uh, this is nothing. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. We still got nine months to go. As much fun as last night was. It is nothing, Phil. Is Wisconsin. <laughs> Phil, how are you today, sir? Good morning, sir. And hey, to you. Uh, Mike, so one thing, I've been in the garage door business since 1985. What a great start. Hold on, yeah. real quick. Hold on. I've never, that's, in my 16 years of radio, I've never had a phone, a call uh, start like that. That's great. Like, I can't wait to see where this is going. To, so, you've been in the garage door business for how long? 
uh, since 1985. Nice. I started in Illinois. I was in Michael Jordan's garage uh, with three security guards following me. <laughs> how many cars? Uh, how many? How many doors were in that garage? Uh, nine. I installed those originally for my <laughs> boss at the time. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, what's your expertise here? What, what is? How's this? It's it's a reflection of the person, a garage. It's a reflection of the man, right? And look at his garage, trash. Um, ah, hold on, real quick. Let me jump in, and I'll let you finish. You, you. I was just thinking this the other day as I was sweeping out the garage. If you want to know how my life is doing, just take a peek in the garage. The garage is a direct reflection on how much uh, husband and father and professional Mike Slater has on life at the moment. And if <laughs> right, and and the other day wasn't that great? Actually, needed some uh, needed some TLC. Uh, so, have you noticed that in your in your career as well? Oh yeah, it's uh, you know it's a battle, especially in the winter. So what um, about but, Joe's but garage? One, one important thing is he's got he's got garage door openers and a LiftMaster Model eighty three fifty five. I believe it was a little <laughs> plug in the picture on Breitbart last night. Yeah, yeah. Somebody's been in the garage. A door dude's been in that garage in the last ten years, and I've seen all kinds of things in the garage. We license plates. Um, you name it, and usually people that have stuff strewn about the garage is uh, a sign of the person. I, I showed the picture to my son, Jack, last night. He uh, he helped me in the summertime, and I showed him that picture. I didn't tell him whose garage it was, and he just sighed. He was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Uh, Phil, I appreciate the call. We're going we're gonna to talk to um, – uh, Obama, yeah, Obama and Trump's uh, former, the White House doctor coming up. He's now a congressman, Ronnie Jackson, coming up at uh, 7.30. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to talk about like, mental health, Alzheimer's and dementia and stuff like that. I wonder if there's like a clinical analysis of your garage. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he's definitely got Alzheimer's. Look at his garage. Look at the, <laughs> look at the, man. <laughs> look at the man's garage. Uh, I think there's something to it. I was literally just thinking the other day as I was sweeping, I was like, this is no good. This is this is not going to work. The state of the Slater family garage right now. Breitbart News Daily. What a resume our next guest has. I want to go right to Congressman Dr. Ronnie Jackson from Texas. Congressman, how are you, sir? Hey, Mike. How are you doing? Really good to talk to him. So what, is, what are your credentials, sir, that you have any authority whatsoever to speak to the health of a president of the United States? Well, if, as long as you ask. You know, I was I was at the White House for 14 years. I was the director of the White House Medical Unit, and I was a physician for President Bush, Obama, and Trump. Uh, so pretty much that's uh, what I spent most of my career doing was presidential health. So you're you're the most credentialed person there could possibly be in the country to speak on this issue, which is unbelievable. How, and I, we listen, we got news to get to, but how do you get that gig? Well, you know, I was in I was in Iraq. I was uh, uh, I was in charge of a surgical shock trauma platoon. Uh, between Fallujah and Ramadi, and they had six physicians at the White House, two uh, and two Army, two Navy, two Air Force. They were all family practice or internal medicine at the time. 
They decided they needed an emergency medicine position. I was an ER doc. They reached out to me while I was in Iraq, and I ended up interviewing for the job, and I got the job, and the rest is history. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. Sorry. I, I, I would love to chat another day about all that because uh, that is crazy. But uh, what did you witness last night out of our current president of the United States? Well, it, it was it was sad. I mean, you know, I mean, it, and it's, it's scary for our country. We've been saying this for a long time. I have been saying this since before he actually became elected president, that this man is not cognitively fit to be our president. I said that it would continue to get worse. It has. Everyone has continued to see it on a regular basis. They keep him hidden most of the time. But, you know, we all know this is happening. What we saw yesterday was validation uh, from a completely different source. We mm -hmm. saw Vice President Biden's own DOJ, right, his own DOJ make these comments that he's not cognitively fit to stand trial for the crimes that he committed with these uh, classified documents, uh, which is unbelievable that, you know, he, he, they're saying that he's not cognitively fit to stand trial, yet he's our commander-in-chief, our head of state. Uh, and, you know, if he can't stand trial because of his cognitive issues, there, I mean, it goes without saying that he can't be the president of the United States. And uh, so then he gets on TV and he tries to refute this, uh, and he makes it even worse. All he does is validate what they said in the report and what we've all known for, uh, for years now. And so we're in a bad situation. Uh, we're in a situation where even the few people that didn't want to admit that they've lost confidence in this man have lost confidence in him. Uh, we're in a situation where our adversaries overseas are looking at what's happening and they are just licking their chops that we don't have a competent commander in chief. And our allies are terrified that that, you know, that we're supposed to be, you know, their main ally supporting them, uh, you know, in endeavors all over the world. So this is a bad situation. What are the and I know, I know there's people listening now who have lived through this with family members and it's horrible to witness and be a part of and it's very sad um but what are the signs of dementia or an, an early onset alzheimer's that that you've seen out of the current president and again with your authority as a former white house doctor for three presidents well it's the same thing everybody else is saying and you make a good point mike is that you don't even really have to be a physician to to pick up on this and to diagnose this to some extent, I'm not making a diagnosis, but you know, uh, just in layman's terms, uh, because everyone has experienced this uh, with with a family member. But it's the same thing you say. It's the slurring with you speak. It, it's the slurring of speech. It's the uh, kind of the dead stare, uh, the shuffling walk, uh, the stiff gait, uh, the forgetfulness, uh, the confusion. Uh, all of these things. Some physical signs. Uh, some mental. Uh, but they're they're all there. He has the whole package, right? I mean, it's not like we're picking up on one little thing that, that's happening. This is he's got the whole the whole uh, the whole set of signs and symptoms, mm -hmm. and he's had them for quite some time. And I've told people before, it only gets worse. It's, I'm not giving him a diagnosis. Like I said, I don't know if he has multi-infarct dementia or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or what the issue is. All I know is that he has serious cognitive decline related to his age. And it doesn't matter what the, you know, what the actual diagnosis is, all of those have the same natural history. They all get worse with time, not better. And we're seeing that before our eyes. Mm. Let me ask you one more medical question, and then, uh, and then I'll ask you to put your, your uh, congressman hat on. Is it inappropriate for a medical doctor, such as yourself, sir, to speak on a person who you have not analyzed personally? Because you will be attacked for this, just like Robert Herr, the special counsel will be attacked for daring to say such things. So will you. 
that's not appropriate for you to speak like this, sir. Oh, no. I mean, you know, everybody knows, like I said, I, I'm not giving him a diagnosis. I am relaying to you what we all see on TV. I'm not examining. He's not my patient. He wasn't my patient when I was in the White House. I've said this before. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what medications they're giving him. I don't know what kind of cognitive test he may or may not have had that we don't know about. Uh, you know, I am not making a diagnosis. I am simply speaking as a physician with, uh, you know, decades of experience in taking care of the President of the United States. I'm, I'm saying that this is what I see, right? And uh, and, and and it's you know it, it's it's obvious to everyone. Yeah, so, we, uh, yeah. there's not too many people questioning yeah. me. To be, to be honest with no. you, <laughs> I guess that's right. Um, w- there's been this talk, and I think it's been half joking. We actually yesterday randomly played a clip of Theo Vaughn and Tim Dillon joking about and having a good laugh about what they must be injecting the president with in order to get him up to the podium and write it like this, con- this right. concoction and you know they're having a good time with it like tim dylan was like oh remember that scene from et when they have like the house all covered up like they must be injecting with such toxic chemicals just to get them out right they're having a good time but it's like oh well i don't know are like do you inject I mean, they're, they're giving him something i mean you know he's i'm sure it's a cocktail of something uh, you know, like there, you can give medications that increase neurotransmitters, you know, like Aricept and things like that, that affect acetylcholine in your brain, a, a key neurotransmitter that can help you with memory and stuff. Uh, you can give him like an amphetamine type drug, you know, to make him more alert. You could give him ProVigil uh, to make him more alert. There's a lot of medications out there that you could that you could get. Uh, and maybe even, you know, like I said, you know, give him as a cocktail that would perk him up and make him a little bit more alert and a little bit more cognitively intact. For brief periods of time but that's the challenge they have they don't last very long right and these medications traditionally become less effective uh, the longer you use them so once again they're in the same situation where they can they can keep him tucked away and they can hide him in the basement they can roll him out at what they think is his best time of day because and then and, and you know and medicate him and hopefully you know hope that he can get up and read the teleprompter for a few minutes uh, and, you know, and get him off before he answers, before they start asking him questions, because that's where he has his biggest failures when he tries to talk off the cuff. But they're, they're going to have a much harder time, as, you know, going forward doing this. And I think we're already I think that's what we're seeing right now. Wow. So, th- so that medical cocktail is a is a real potential thing that you get because I always thought about that. Like this, being a president's a young man's game. You travel. All, I get jet lag when I go two time sure, zones over. Yeah. So, like, this is like a hard job. You're going all around the world. There's got to be uppers and downers that you have to be taking uh, to to. Sure, function. I mean, we all do that. Like, when I, was, when I was at the White House, you know, I mean, uh, we'd get on the plane and we'd fly for, you know, uh, 16 hours to the other side of the planet, and no one slept on the plane except for maybe the president because he had a bedroom, but every, no one else really got any sleep on the plane, including, you know, uh, the, the military aide, the, the physician, the medical team, the Secret Service agents that are taking care of the president. Then we get off the plane and have to work like, you know, a 14-hour shift. So, you know, you have to, you know, uh, take some Ambien. You have to take some ProVigil when the time is right. You have to modulate people's wake, uh, sleep cycles. It's called sleep hygiene. I was pretty much the world's expert on that because I did it so much. But, yeah, you, you do that. But, you know, people don't – you know, this is different. This is something completely different here. And, you know, people have cut him a lot of slack, especially on the left, for a long time now. Uh, but I think the left is starting to get to the point now where they're like, you know, hey, we can't cover for this guy anymore. He's, he's got legit issues. Okay, let's put your congressman hat on now. Take your lab coat off, your doctor's coat off. Um, are you calling for the use of the 25th Amendment? Yeah, I think we're at the point now where they should be thinking about that. And I, I'm thinking that, honestly, my, my opinion 
is that this is orchestrated by the by the left right now what we're seeing uh the fact that the biden doj uh, was allowed to put that language in the report tells me that they know they know at this point that that he cannot function another four years as president he'd probably be lucky to get to the end of this but he won't he, and they know they, they they screwed themselves they picked a horrible candidate a candidate that's going to be trounced by donald trump he's going to get just beat like a drum in the in the november election they know this and so they're in a scramble right now they're trying to figure out how to get rid of him and i think this is the first shot across the bow on getting rid of this man uh, and I think that, that there were people probably in the Dem Party that were okay with what happened yesterday because they think he needs to go. One of the ways that that would happen would be the 25th Amendment. Uh, he could he could resign voluntarily. You know, Jill Jill Biden could do what she should have done. Uh, you know, uh, a couple of years ago is uh, go talk to him and tell him, you know, this is not working out. And maybe we just need to resign and you know go back home to Delaware or whatever. She could have done that a long time ago. Partly this is partly her issue, but uh, you know she wants to be first lady more and she wants her next breath. So. Uh, you know, this this is but the Twenty Fifth Amendment would be a way that we could do this. Uh, you know, even if he didn't want to. So, have you heard any rumblings in D.C. From, about about how Democrats are viewing this and going to handle this moving forward? Not really. I mean, I'll, you know, this you know we're we're not in session right now, and so we'll be back in session soon. And I'll I'll, I'll hear from I'll start to hear from other Dems about you know from Dems about what's going on. But uh, right now, you know, I'm 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 in my district right now, so I haven't heard from them, heard heard from any of the Dems. But uh, I'm sure that there are some out there that you know are are going to be willing to kind of say what they think, at least privately behind the scenes. That's kind of already been going on to some extent. I've already already know some that have serious concerns about his cognitive ability and his ability to be president, but can't you know publicly say anything. I think that might change. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, the Democrats have a big Kamala problem. So you know, that, that, that's the only reason I think he's still there. That was the biggest insurance policy he uh, any, anybody's <laughs> ever got is putting her in as a vice president. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Everyone always thinks about it as, oh, we put Kamala in because he's a black woman. She's a black woman. And, um, you know, that'll help his electoral chances. But you're right. <laughs> no, it's, let's put her in there because everyone will know she, I got to keep this job because no way right, well, right. They, they prefer that. Um, yeah, that'd be a disaster. Have you really thought about the ramifications of the 25th Amendment, though? Because here's one problem with that, and this is maybe one of the attacks you'll get, is how dare you suggest that our president is unfit for office? Because if you don't get the votes necessary to kick him out of office, then you are telling our adversaries around the world how weak we are, and you're just making us weaker, and you're making things worse, Dr. Jackson. Uh, thanks a lot. Why would you do such a thing, you traitor? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, uh, the, the, the world needs to know that we have, a, we have a way to fix this, you know, that we can correct this. And if they, if they enact the 25th Amendment, uh, you know, it, you know if, if a majority of his cabinet and his vice president come to the, to the Speaker pro tem and to the, uh, to the, uh, speaker of the, uh, the Senate pro tem and the Speaker of the House, and they tell them that this man's not cognitively fit, then he will uh, get voted out with a two-thirds vote in the House and the Senate. So. Uh, if, if they go down that path, it's a done deal. But as far as me saying it, I think people expect me to say it. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, I'm a Republican congressman from one of the most conservative districts out there. I care about our country. I care about our national security. Uh, and I have a background that, uh, that, that affords me the unique insight into, uh, you know, how the process would work and, what, and what's going on. And so uh, I, I'm going to keep speaking out. I'd say you have insight. There is a current – there's a doctor there currently – what are they doing? 
And well, I know this guy really well. Uh, he worked for me for uh, for eight years, and uh, he is basically part of the Biden family. And it doesn't matter what happens; he's going to cover up anything that's going on. He's uh, he's, he's not he's not to be trusted. So um, I uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, he's not going to be the answer. He's not going to give us any insight. Uh, he's not been honest with us. Uh, you know, he's done a couple of quote physicals uh, where he's released a you know a short written statement about how healthy Biden is. Uh, you know, I I had to I had to do a full physical exam and then stand up before the press for uh, over an hour and defend every single aspect of that physical exam uh, from hostile reporters and hostile medical folks in in the uh, audience. And uh, and he hasn't been subjected to that because this is this is a Democrat president and this is Joe Biden. Wow. But uh, we're not going to get any answers there. All right. Well, listen, Trump ain't no spring chicken, Congressman. What do we no. need to know about his health, former doctor of his? Well, you don't need to know anything. You watch him. You know, Biden's the one that's been saying for a long time, you want to know about my cognitive health? Watch me. And we're watching him and we're terrified. You do the same thing with President Trump. Watch him. This man can walk up, you know, completely unprompted and to a whole gaggle of reporters and stand there and answer questions for them for hours, for hours with no notes, no teleprompter, no, uh, you know, preparation whatsoever. And, and, and just, you know, it, it be completely, completely on, to, on, on topic and on target. Uh, it's not about, you know, how old you are. You know, I've said this before. We all know people that are, you know, that are, you know, 100 years old that are sharp yeah. as a tack. Yeah. And we know people that are in the early 60s that are already having cognitive issues. This is an issue with the cognitive stuff. And, you know, yes, it's age-related, uh, because, you know, you don't normally see this when you're 20 or something. But, you know, it happens to some people when they're in their 60s. It happens to some people, uh, you know, when they're 80s. And some people it never happens to. And yeah. Donald Trump is cognitively as sharp as uh, as, as he was uh, the day, you know, the day he became president last time. And I, I know this. I've tested him cognitively. He did, uh, you know, he, he got a perfect score in his cognitive test. And anyone can talk to him. His memory is better than my memory. Uh, he's got an incredible memory. And, uh, you know, you can just see there's just a world of difference between these two men. It's not even not even in the same league. My last question for you, Congressman. Um, when he walked off the podium and went behind the, the stage, like his staff was there, his, his people, his handlers. Mm-hmm. Who are these people? What do they think? There's no way they thought that went well. So, but like you've been around these people. You've been around this, the scenes of what happens after the cameras turn off. Like what happened well, last night and what is happening today? The first thing they did is they they shuffled him, you know, right. They got him into the Oval Office or got him, you know, into his bedroom or you know, upstairs in the on the uh, second floor of the residence as soon as possible. They got him away from his, you know, they they keep as few staff in the back as they can, so all the junior staff are just going to be told, you know, to go back to their office or whatever. They don't mm-hmm. want to because I I know enough to know, you know, I, I I didn't take care of him. He was a patient, but I but I was around him on a regular basis, and um, you know, and we know what's going on because we've heard the stories. I bet he came off of that stage, and I bet he was—I bet he was cussing mad, you know. And, and and nobody wanted to be around him after he came off that stage. He knew he screwed that up, and when he came off the stage, I'm sure that everybody just avoided him. Uh, you know, they probably had Jill there telling him everything's going to be okay, uh, just trying to calm him down, trying to get him to go to bed or or whatever. And uh, you know, and they'll have to deal with some of it this morning. But yeah, he didn't—he—he—he um, he, he didn't go sit down and have a brainstorming meeting about what comes next after that. <laughs> And there's people there who know the truth, who who won't admit it or aren't. Oh, yeah. Um, Congressman Dr. Ronnie Jackson from Texas, former uh, physician to W, Obama and Trump.
Sir, well done. Thank you for your time and your expertise, and you're going to be very important in the next nine months here, that's for sure. So thank you very much. Thank you, Mac. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Thank you for your service. Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily. On Monday's show, we are going to dedicate three hours to Taylor Swift. Three hours. to. We were supposed to do it today, but the breaking news, and now we had to push back our Taylor Swift coverage. Her name has never been mentioned, and I plan on that being true on Monday as well. Mike Slater, Breitbart News Daily. Spread the word.